title of the message is that we should no longer be children. Um, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, starting, actually I'm going to start in verse 13. I know they don't have that up there, but I, I, I should have added it. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up and all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. This morning, what we're talking about is that we should no longer be children. And the reason why we're talking about that is we're, we're talking this morning about serving in the church. And the reason why is because the church is growing. And as the church grows, that we need more uh, help with making things work. But also because we're living in a time that people are not unified in the faith, the faith as it says in verse 13. We're living in a time where people are being pulled in a different direction by any wind of doctrine. And so the Bible says the way that we keep ourselves in doctrine, the way that we keep ourselves in the faith is to be able to serve one another in love. Amen. Now, now children are interesting is that children don't work. Yeah. Right. If, if you've ever been around a kid and, and you might say, like, well, I have children and there's there's an age where you can get some work out of them. But if, if you're a parent like I am, there's a time in my kid's life that having them help was actually more work than it was to actually have them help. Just get out of the way. I'll do it myself. But in the church, we need to serve one another. It's part, like three amens. This can be a great sermon. It's for you. This is part of what being a Christian is. And, and, and here's what here's the hard part of uh, of a church is that there's really parts of it that feel very transactional, right? There, there's like I give you this, you give me this. Uh, you should just be honored with the fact that I'm here this morning. That's enough. It's what it's one of the weirdest entities that, that exists, right? I mean, the church is unlike any other thing. It's it's kind of like some other things, but it's not. And so what happens when people come into a church? You you kind of think about it in a way of other contexts in which you've been, whether it be like college or a movie or a rock concert or or some sort of family event or whatever. And so you're here, and you, you, what happens is, is that because it's unlike anything else, you expect it to be a certain way, and you don't really treat it the way that it's supposed to be treated. None of us. Not one of us who are Christians are supposed to be just consumers at all. Your, your role in the body of Christ is not to be a butt and sit around. Come on, that was kind of funny. Like I thought, I said butt in church. I thought that would get some, uh, all right, you had your chance. Now it's the stick. All right. Um, in modern ministry, there, modern ministry is very interesting, right? It's, it's wires and it's instruments and it's parking lots and it's buildings. But, but you talk to people that are even in foreign countries, there's church people that want like modern ministry. They want chairs and they want walls and they want music and they, they, they want all the things that modern ministry has to, to offer. And, and people always say, well, well, you know, I want to do church like they did in the first century. We don't need any of that stuff. While at the same time, simultaneously living your carnal life exactly against anything that they did in the first century. You want water and electricity and, you know, all those other things that come with all the modern conveniences. And then it comes to the church and you get upset because like we need to spend money on the HVAC system. You're like, I don't know why we need that at all, but you need it all in your own personal life. Doesn't make any sense at all. We, 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 the Bible has not changed. The method just changes a little bit. The message is still the same. I don't know, but I, I 
like the building. I like heat. I like cool in the summer. I like running water. I like chairs with backs. If you want, we can just get, you know, dowels that you guys can sit on so you don't even have anything to... Yeah, they'll stay awake, won't they? You know, the modern manifestation of what we do, it, it, it honestly, it takes a bit to pull it off. It really does. Um, but I, I think that people like it, and I think it's rewarding to worship God this way. We still see people coming to Jesus because of it. Um, in the early years of Faith and Victory Church, our church is 18 years old. My wife and I and Jay and Shelley and another couple started the church. In the early years, the four of us did it all, man. Like we came early, we stayed late, we set it up. I mean, we, we did sound and worship and kids and all the papers and all the website and all the finance. We just, there wasn't anything that we didn't do. We did absolutely all of it for actually many years. Um, I don't ever want to go back to that. Um, and, but now... This is a very interesting number for us today. As you're here in this room, worshiping God, Pastor Todd counted it up. It took over 60 people to make this happen. That's a, that's a big number, right? And people just walk in and like, gosh, that, that worship was really good. And look at that guy. He's got those white pants on and he's preaching. It's awesome. 60, I told Crystal it was after Labor Day and she said it was okay. I got the Crystal Pass. It's totally fine. <laughs> Crystal trumps anything with fashion about anything. She said it was okay. She actually dressed me this morning. Um, but that's, that's, that's a lot of people, right? That, that 60 people that rearranged their schedule, that went to a practice, that showed up early, that stayed late, that went without so that the gospel can go forth and Jesus can be praised. And then that's really what it's all about, right? Any one of those ministries, it's for God to be worshiped and for the gospel to go forth. And it takes all of those people to be able to make it work. If, if one person isn't there, it all just doesn't, it, it all just kind of falls apart. In the back here, the, the handsome bearded gentleman, Eric Westover's back here. He's our service manager today. And, uh, and, and so his job as the service manager is it's his job to make sure that you do your job. Right. And so he goes around and makes sure everybody's here and everybody's doing whatever. And so if he wasn't here, then, then things would be dropped, right? Things wouldn't happen. And, and people come here very early in the morning and start to get the church ready for, for God to be worshiped and for the gospel to go forward. And that, the, the, the stuff that we do here on a Sunday doesn't even include all the other ministries that we have that go on during the week. Like, do you guys know that we have a school? Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. There's like 30 kids that go to that school five days a week on campus here at Faith and Victory Church. That's, that's a big deal, Amen. right? We've got Andy and Angie that run Live Ready Youth on Monday nights, man. Every Monday night, they're down, Pastor Kevin and Eva are down here doing prayer on Monday nights, tarrying before the Lord, praying for you, praying for this church. We got... Um, you know, other ministries that go on during the week for men and for women. We've got uh, Revolution Youth that meets. There's, there's 49 kids at Revolution Youth on Wednesday night. Got the spot ministry with Billy where guys are out there getting swole, right? <laughs> Learning about the Bible, building their biceps. It's fantastic. And that, that doesn't even include all the personal ministry that all the members of the church do. The meeting with people and talking with people and the deacons and the pastors and everybody else. So much that goes on during this week. But it's, and, 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 and it's funny because people say I volunteer at church. Really? Is that how you do it at home too? Like I volunteered to clean the bathroom at my house. No, man, we don't have volunteers here, man. Nobody volunteers. We, we do what the Bible says here. That's what we do. 
volunteer makes it seem like you're like like it's an honor for for you to be able to give something instead of a, an obligation that you owe to God. And it's not all positional. There's many places uh, that people serve that you're like, well, I do this, but it's not really a position, and that's good. But there, but as the church grows. And we're in a we're in a growth season right now. Um, there's just some nuts and bolts places that we just need more help, man. And so what we're going to do today is we walk through the scripture. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about different parts of it. At the end of it, we're gonna have the ministry leaders that are gonna come up, and they're going to uh, be here. And then you can just walk out the word right away, right? You don't have to go home and pray about it. Uh, probably right, even as you found out it was about service in the church, the Holy Spirit spoke to you and told you what you needed to do. You've been disobedient, but you're going to hear the word for a little bit, and then you'll come up and you'll be signing up. It'll be fantastic. Now, if you're here this morning, you're not a Christian. I hope at the end of this message, uh, your first step would be to become a Christian, okay? Uh, and so I believe that God can use this word to bring you to him. If you're here visiting and you have a home church, then when you get back there, serve there right? Uh, we believe in the global church. This isn't the only church going to heaven. And so uh, God would rearrange your schedule to have you here today. And somebody said, well, why, why is he preaching on, t-? man, you're lucky I'm preaching on tithing today, right? It could have been any message today. Today it's just serving. But I believe that God has you here for a reason. Uh, here's a backdrop, another sur- uh, 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 scripture for us. First Peter 4, 10, 11, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever, ever. Amen. So how do we get to that place? Uh, the, the first part of it is, is that you have to have a high view of your relationship with God. You have to have a high view of your relationship with God. Now, this is one of the things that we talk about a lot here. I would say it's pretty much the only thing that we talk about here, but that's okay. At Faith and Victory Church, we want Jesus to be the number one priority in your life. We want Jesus to be the loudest voice in your head. We want your whole entire life to be submitted to Jesus Christ. That's, that's what we preach here. That's what we live here is that Jesus is the number one priority in our lives. Here at Faith and Victory, we believe that our freedom is found in our submission. We believe that our identity is found in dying to ourself and that we believe that our primary focus should be to serve God wholeheartedly 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 12 months a year, 365 days a year. Now, if you're not in that place and you're not a Christian, well, yeah, then church might feel somewhat transactional, that that you've kind of got this idea in your mind of that, you know, the church is there to do things for me and the church is supposed to be there for me. You you might show up and, and the parking situation might frustrate you or you might be frustrated with, you know, hey, this children's ministry doesn't seem as lit as it should be or... You know, uh, I went over to the AMC and then ran out of the premium snacks or, you know, why, what kind of church only has hot black coffee? And, and, and you might find yourself complaining about the temperature of the room or how long that I preach or, you know, what I preach or the worship or uh, there's a whole host of things. But, but, but if, if you have a high view of your relationship with God, you get it and you're like, you know, man, these are just people that are serving God with their best gifts. And sometimes things don't go perfect and that's okay. Cause I'm not perfect. And God saved me when I was imperfect. And so you're just kind of like, Hey man, it was the wrong words and the wrong scripture with the wrong song. And the, the, the sound went out the other night when Jay was preaching It had nothing to do with our sound. There's just things break. And you're like, ah, whatever. We'll just continue on. It doesn't matter. Right. But if you think of it as trans- transactional, 
It might be because you haven't transitioned past it being all about you. It's not all about you, man. Mark 10, 45, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve. And so if Jesus came to serve, then that means that we want to be like him, then we need to serve as well. Now, listen, I don't stand up here and not pretend that I don't understand that life is rough. Just to be human takes a lot of work, right? Right? Yeah, man. I mean, you got to cook your meals and you got to clean where you live and you got to go to work and you got kids and you got family and you got to maintain your vehicles and you got to, you know, do all these other, it's just a busy, busy world in which we live. None of us are just sitting on the side of some river fishing, right? We're all got really busy, crazy lives. And so the natural tendency is, is that we, we come to church and, and it's warm and it's cozy and, and the music's good and the preaching's amazing. And so... <laughs> You, you end up with your coffee cup and you're just like kind of settle in like, gosh, can I just have one place where it's just about me? You know, I just, I just want, this is my me time. I just, me and, me and Jesus, you know, I'm going to Instagram it. This is so awesome. You know, can there be one place in my life where it's just about me and I don't have to do anything? Yeah. It's called an all inclusive resort. I've heard about these places. I've never been to one. I hear they're amazing. You go there and it's like for a week, right? They just pamper you and all the food's paid for and everything else. My wife and I did go on a cruise for our 10-year anniversary about 13 years ago. I got on the plane Monday night in Long Beach at about 241 pounds, and I got off Friday morning at about 248, 249. Because when you have unlimited soft serve, it is amazing. And you literally go and sit down at dinner and you're like, oh, I think I'll have, you know, three lobster tails and some lobster bisque and, you know, I'll have six desserts and they just keep pouring it on. And I kid you not, Crystal bought me, (laughs) Crystal bought me clothes for the cruise that didn't fit by Thursday. (laughs) She's like, why aren't you wearing those pants? I'm like, they don't fit anymore. We would, every time we left the room to go get ice cream, they would like, I don't know how they've got cameras, hopefully not in the room and they come back. And your towels are like made into animals and stuff. And they're always in your, it's, it's cool, man. Like if you, I, I highly recommend it. It's great. All you can eat, do nothing, get pampered. But that ain't church. The only thing you get, all you can eat of here is the word of God. Being a Christian is living for Jesus, dying for yourself, bloody knuckles, working for the Lord. Amen. Romans 12, three says, serve God with spiritual gifts. For I say through the grace given to me that everyone, everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Now, I, I know that I joke around because I'm sarcastic and funny, but like really, I, I, I take this scripture to heart of like, dude, I really try not to think of myself more highly than I ought. I don't try to think I'm better than anybody or, 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 or think that I'm, I'm not above something. Uh, and, and it's a really good starting place for your relationship with Jesus to walk out that scripture, to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And that, and that really starts with a sober minded understanding of what Jesus did for you. And that's all you need as a Christian. That, that's the beginning of your faith. And that's the center of your faith. I got saved when I was 15 years old. It was August 10th, 1990. And my life was transformed. It was changed. And over the last 30 something years, 
And Jesus has fathered me. He's given me a a wonderful wife and kids and family and has forgiven me more times than I can count. Uh, He's placed me in the heavenly realms. I mean, he's just done such wonderful, wonderful things in my life. And, and, and I'll tell you as your pastor, like I love being a pastor. I love being called to the ministry. I love it. But dude, I would be lying to you if every time I did stuff for the ministry, I was just like, yes. Oh, someone called and woke me up and needs ministry. This is great. To write that sermon again. I've been preaching for 18 years, sometimes three times a week, man. Sometimes it's just a J-O-B. Like sometimes I sit down and I'm just like, <sighs> digging into the well again. You know, can't preach the same thing. <laughs> Got to be better than last week. Everybody in the room has a working knowledge. It's being recorded. People are going to attack you for it, but go do it every single And then I offer up my best gift and then I'm back to zero tomorrow morning. I mean, it's just, it's relentless, man. And so in those moments when I'm just like, I just have to remind myself and get down on my knees and say, you know what, Lord, thank you. You have saved me. You've set me free. It's an honor. It's a privilege. Don't, don't get it twisted and think, oh, it must be easier for you, dude. Yeah, it is sometimes, but it's not like that every day. I'm just not going to come up to you on a Sunday morning. Like, I mean, I didn't like to do it this week. So whatever guys, figure it out. Let's close in service. We're going out to breakfast. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to offer my best gift because of what Jesus did for me. Yes. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Yes. Knowing that from the Lord you receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. See, when you come with that mindset, you, you realize that, uh, you know, if I'm doing it for Jesus, that's all that matters. I, I'm going to tell you guys something. And it'll, it'll take away a jewel from my crown and a reward in heaven. But I'm illustrating a point. I don't need any accolades for this. But I just want you guys to know this is that, you know, uh, my wife and I, we come down and we help clean the church. You know, Crystal's on a cleaning team. Uh, she volunteered. To, uh, she did not volunteer. She did it because she loves Jesus. She, uh, language paints a picture. Uh, she's on one of the cleaning teams. So she comes down once a month. I like to watch college football on Saturday mornings. Um, and my wife is always like, I'm going to clean the church. I'm like, I'm coming with you. And I come down and I help clean the church. The, the pastors and the deacons on every fifth month, we, fifth week, on months that have a five-week month, we come down and we help clean the church. And, and honestly, I relish the opportunity to come down and clean the men's bathroom. That, that's, when I come down here, that's what I do. And, and, and really, I'll tell you, there's a few reasons why I do it. First off, I think that as a senior pastor, it says something when, I'm coming, when I got my face in a urinal scrubbing it. You know what I mean? It's, and I don't, I don't ever want to, uh, as, as big as the church gets and whatever we do, I don't want to forget where we came from. Yeah. I, I don't want to forget when I was crying out to God when we were in a school praying for a permanent place. And I don't want to forget when we were in a building, uh, a rented building for 11 years that I prayed for God to give us a building. Then people say, well, you know, Matt's changed. And I'm like, well, no, you can stay really humble when you're cleaning up after dudes in the bathroom. Yeah. Really clean. I, I did it for a job when I was in college. It's no different now. And, and, and I really just think it, it sends a message to all of us about like, dude, that nobody's above anything here. You know, I, I served in the toddler room for many years. I, I don't know what happened, Amber. I just fell off uh, during COVID. I probably should get back into there, but I'm not doing like, I share that with you to paint a picture, but I do that for the Lord. You know, I'm not waiting for someone to come in on a Saturday morning and just be like, yes, woo, man, you killed it on that toilet, bro killed it. No, I'm just like, you know what? No one sees it. No one knows it, but Jesus knows it. And I know it. 
And I missed out on watching some college football, but whatever, you know, I did it for Jesus. And I really don't know what said about it. It's fun. It's fun to be down here fellowshipping with people and we always have a good time. It's funny, I always come down and then you end up staying longer than you need to because you just end up fellowshipping. Uh, Psalm 102, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Serve him with gladness. Uh, secondly, you have to have a high view of the church. If you do not value God's church, you see no, uh, no reason to serve it at all. I don't know why, but it seems to be in vogue to slam the local church. People do it all the time. I see it a lot on social media. And, and it's always like what the church doesn't do, what the church does, and you know, famous pastors that did something wrong, or even a nobody pastor. And it's about the money, and oh, and people hurt me, and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and it's that they, denig- they denigrate the church, and so they see no value in serving her, and so they uh, dismiss her. And it's always the biggest things. well, you know, I've been hurt by the church. You know, and, and I, dude, I'm just going to be honest because I've been lying up to this point, but here comes the honest part. In my life, and I would say, you know, I, I, I thought about it after our first service. I, I really thought about it. Actually, from the time I was 18 years old, I'm 46, so I don't know what the math is on that, 28 years. So over the last 28 years, the emotional hurt and pain that I have felt the most in my life has come from people that attended church. The bulk of which over the last 18 years of people that have attended this church. Pain in my stomach, sleepless nights, sobbing tears, feeling like quitting, feeling like I'm a loser. I, I, I literally joined the army because I was hurt by a pastor. Like that, that, that was the trajectory of my life, right? And, but you know what's interesting is that like I, as hurt as I've been and as hurt as I am, like I don't. I don't let it stop me. Like, I, I don't feel like, well, you know, I, I, I mean, and people say, well, I've been church hurt. You've never been church hurt like a pastor's church hurt ever, dude. You've never had like people try to take you down, ruin your character, try to destroy what God has built in your ministry at all. You've never, ever walked through that. Maybe some of the pastors have with me. Um, but I refuse to let what people have done to me keep me from doing what God has called me to do. I'm just not going to do it. I love you too, brother. I just, I just refuse to let that stop me. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let that stop me at all. Here's what I do know. Jesus loves his church. Jesus died for his church. And I am not giving up on his church ever. Acts 20, 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit had made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. See, people minimize the church and forget Jesus died on the cross. It was his blood sacrifice that purchased the church. You, you can't just be like, oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't, need, to, I don't need to go to church. And, and you say, post something, oh, I'm going to church this morning. Don't go to church. Be the church. <laughs> don't go to work. Be the work. Don't go on a date. Be the date. What does that even mean? All it is is because you don't want to be held accountable to a local assembly and have a pastor and deacons and other people look around and you don't want to serve or give or give up your porn. That's all it is. It's so weird. People come and they'll sit and attend here for years and never really worship or change. I don't get it. Why, 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 would, you, why would you waste your time coming to a church to do something that you have no intention of like internalizing and changing? To go do something else, man. It's like uh, Pastor Jay and his brother Dan. The, these dudes, they love them Spartan races. 
Man, they love him. I mean, he's wearing Spartan socks this morning. He was like, boom, check it out, son. Spartan socks. And if you don't know what the Spartan race is, that's one of those ones where they like, they light you on fire. They put you with sticks. They cover you with honey and send bees out after you. And then they, they drown you in a river, resuscitate you, roll you back and forth in broken glass. And then you carry on, right? These dudes love these things. I mean, a few months ago, they did three of them in one weekend. Now, now, Pastor Kevin and I went to one like nine years ago, the Tough Mudder, that one time and never again that I will ever do any muddy, dirty, cold, running, screaming thing. I just, no. Like, you want to go? I'm like, no. I don't want to go. I don't want to be there. I don't want to drive with you. I don't want to stand there. I want nothing to do with it whatsoever. Nothing. What I'm not going to do is I'm not going to go to your guys' Spartan races and put on a thing like, oh, I'm a Spartan, and then like hide in the bushes and jump out and be like, hey, it's this way, guys, and send in the wrong direction. I'm not going to go and sabotage a bunch of the obstacles and hope that somebody gets hurt. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to stay as far away as possible. Like, y'all Spartan it up, man. I'll be at home in my PJs watching TV eating ice cream. You know what I mean? People in the church for years that they don't like. I'm not, well, listen, don't get it twisted. If you're new to this church and you're curious and you're still trying to figure out your relationship with God, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. You're welcome here as long as it takes for you to get to know Jesus. This is a place for you to learn and discover about Jesus. What I'm talking about is those people that say they're a Christian. And they're just like, really? I don't think so, man. Because it's been many years and I, you haven't seen no fruit, nothing at all. I don't understand it. Church is a great place to grow. We help each other here. I love it. I love its people. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 10:25, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together and it is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. And so when we get together, we spur each other on for good works. We help each other do good works. And it starts here. It starts in the church. Galatians 6.10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are in the household of faith especially to those who are in the household of faith. And we're supposed to minister, excuse me, minister to other people. We are. And, and people say, well, you know, the church is very church focused. And it is because what good is it if it doesn't start here? If we can't love and serve people here and we can't get along here, we're just going to go out and hurt people because we haven't been saved and changed inside of here. These people that sit around you, they're not just your merely fellow attenders. They're your fellow saints. They're your spiritual family. You're going to spend eternity with them. You're living in a, a, a church that's a place of refuge and safety and redemption and love. And, and if you can't serve here, you can't serve anywhere because charity starts at home. I really hope that you uh, help out at your own house. I, I, I hope that you don't expect that someone else is just going to come in and take care of you. Ephesians 4.16, from whom the whole body, the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And again, people say, well, I feel like the church is too inward focused. Which, if, if you're going to a church that's living on potlucks and ski trips, like, yeah, it might seem that way. But, but if you're really, like, elbow deep into ministry, you realize that, that ministry happens within the four walls of the church. And this is an unpopular, uh, uh, an unpopular opinion, but I believe it to be true. The church was not created for sinners. 
Church was created for saints. Sinners come in and they get redeemed and then they become saints. People say church is a hospital for sinners. No, it's not. This is a place where people get saved and then become the elect. It's it's the pillar and ground of the truth. Purchased by Jesus's blood. This this thing is cosmically important. And and people come and they say, well, I don't see the church doing a lot of stuff. That's because the the Bible says to not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. I, 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 I can't sit up here all week and talk to you about the, the people that we met with and the people that we talked and the problems that people have and marriages that have been restored and people that, you know, money that we give people and rents that we pay for, like all this other stuff that we do. And people are like, well, I don't really see it. Yeah, because we're not supposed to grandstand it, man. That's not what we're supposed to do. It's not what we do at all. See, when you have a high view of the church, you realize what it's for. You realize what what it's for, and you want to serve her. You want to see her healthy. You want to see her growing. You want to see her being able to do her work. And and it's really it's not the Christians that hurt the witness of the church. It's not. It's people that say that they're Christians and then come into the church and then they do and say things that hurt other people. And then people walk out and they say, "Well, I was hurt by a church, it, friend. It was it wasn't Jesus that hurt you." I've been doing ministry long enough. There's a lot of people that are not saved, that are not converted, that call themselves Christians, and they just come into the church and they just kind of hang out and hurt people. They're, they're basically like the skin tabs of the body, right? They just kind of hang around there and they don't really have a use. They just kind of like, they weren't intended to be there and you just get a piece of dental floss and pull on it. It'll pop off. It'll be fine. You know what we're doing here? We're establishing a legacy ministry. That's what we're doing. I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but, but I know that he's coming back. And so I want him, I want to, I want to find, I want to find him, excuse me, I want him to find us doing ministry, right? And, and you think about like uh, Miss Sylvia, I'll use you as an example because you're right there. I don't know where James went, but you know, you think about like, dude, you, I've said this before. We met each other 18 years ago at the Mick Chevron. You guys started coming to this church. Dude, in three months, you're going to see little Gabe get married. A little tr- that little trout that you've watched grow up his whole entire life. In the early years of the ministry, me and Crystal wanted to quit, and I thought you were going to kidnap my children, but you literally just wanted to take them to lunch so that me and Crystal could take a nap. And now that little dude's getting married. You're gonna, what is it going to be like on that Sunday when you're looking after 18 years watching this little dude, little Gabe? But that only happens if you stay. That only happens if you build legacy ministry. You have that mindset of seeing like, man, I want to see God do uh, wonderful things in this young man's life over the course of his life. <laughs> you might even see some grandkids soon. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to invest in the kids of this church now. So when they're in charge of this church, I can trust them. I'm get, that's why I go toddler ministry. That's why I serve the school. I'm going to get in those kids' heads now. So when I'm old and I'm walking into the church with a walker with hair growing out of my ears, I know that I was investing in them when they were pliable in the wet cement years of their lives. If you have that long game, if you have that long view and a high view of the church, you realize that like, dude, these kids, they're going to be in charge. Those of us that are in our forties, eventually we're going to drift back and these new ones are going to come forward. And if we don't invest in them, what are they, what kind of heresy are they going to have? We manage them effectively, and then we, we see what God can do in them. Amen? But when you're a transient person, you don't care about the future. Just keep moving on. Here's, here's, a, here's the third part of it. You have to have a high view of Scripture. You have to have a high view of Scripture. For whatever reason, 
People don't think that God meant what he said when he put it in the scripture. <laughs> People will hear of scripture like, oh, amen, that's so good. That's for me. It's going to help me. But then it's some about serving and like, nah, I don't know if that was supposed to be in there. I just, I don't know. First Corinthians 12, seven, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all for all. Did, did God mean that? Are we all part of his body? Is that, is that how you view your church? That's, that's why membership means so much. That's why we take membership seriously here because it's a commitment. It's a covenant. And so what happens is that God gives you a, God gives you a gift and that gift is not for you. It's, it's for the body and you have to know that gift and you, you have to be able to, to use that gift and you use it for the edification of the body. That's what you do. Like you take like Mikkel right here. You guys know Mikkel? Raise your hand, Mikkel. Now she's, she's one of our, she's one of our worship leaders. She doesn't, you do an amazing job. You're gifted at it. You're really good. And what, what you may not know about Mikkel and Aaron is that you're some of the busiest people I've ever seen on this earth. You guys have what? Like five kids, right? Five kids these people have. Aaron, Aaron owns a business. You work at your job. And I don't, I don't remember, you, it's high speed, low drag. Like you're in charge of people and stuff and you make things happen. Like that's what you do. But she's a gifted singer and somehow in the midst of five kids owning a business, being in charge of people at her work, she still finds time to come down and lead worship practice and come down here and serve for on a Sunday and lead everything else and get paid nothing. Just big claps from the pastor. And I, I don't mean to minimize it, but I tell you all the time what a great gift it is. But you, she's not here for a paycheck. Sometimes people get it twisted and they think, well, you know, they probably pay her big money. We do. We double her pay every week. I was like, man, double her pay this week. How many zeros can you add and let it just still be zero? You know what I mean? People don't get paid to do stuff around here, right? Kevin and Jay and Shelly and a man, like all the de- nobody gets paid. I mean, we have to have some, so it's like me and Crystal get one paycheck and Todd and Aubrey get one paycheck and Jeremy and Brittany get one paycheck and Amber gets one paycheck. That's the only paid staff in the whole entire church. We don't pay people to do stuff around here. It's not, we've got enough, you know, monkeys to keep the other monkeys in mind. That's about it, you know? So don't think here and think like, oh man, I, I do sound if someone paid me. No, no one gets paid on sound. Right, Tucker? Nope. You just get beat up by the pastor afterwards for why it went wrong. (laughs) What are you guys doing? It's like landscaping, right? Uh, People people think that that these small ministries, they say, well, it doesn't matter. It all matters. If you're you're trying to lead someone to Christ, you're trying to bring them to church, and and then you say, oh, come to my church on Sunday. You're going to love it. And they, they didn't want to come. And they're just like, eh, I'll go just because you said. And then you pull up on A Street and there's weeds everywhere. And, the, and it looks really ugly. And their spirit looks like, see, look at these people, a bunch of weeds, you know? And they come to the parking lot and it's dirty and there's trash everywhere. And then and they're like, Ugh, and there's nowhere to park. See, and you walk in and nobody greets them. Like, what a bunch of jerks. You know, the bathroom smells funny and it's dirty. And, you know, the, the seats are nasty and people got their fingernails on the floor. And, you know... And then they, they, they got all this defensive. Someone literally did that, cut their fingernails in the church. And, and then they just sit there with this defensive posture. And then the worship goes forward. And then the pastor comes up to preach a message. And they're already so closed, you know. But then if they pull up and like all these little details are put away, they're like, okay, okay. 
don't know who these people are, but they seem like stuff's dialed in. It sure did greet me. I don't know what's in this yellow bag, but... <laughs> you know, people may not come back to our church, but they're not going to not come back here because they were too loved on. Yeah. They might think we're a little bit overbearing, <laughs> but no one... But no one's, it was so, someone gave us a bad review on Google. He's like, I walked in and no one greeted me. I'm like, did you? You got to work really hard. Yeah. Got to work really hard to not get talked to around these parts. Um, so anyway, that, that's why all the uh, small ministries matter so much. First Timothy 4.14, do not neglect the gift that was in, in you. Do not neglect that gift. Romans 12.1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And so that what, that's what you say. You say, God, I don't know what it is, man, but I will do it for you. I will serve in that way. I will, I will offer my body as a sacrifice to you. And, and it's just that part of offering your body as a sacrifice. First Peter 5, 2, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. This is not a place to pad your business connections. This is a place to serve Jesus. And, and it's, it's only possible if you have a high view of Scripture. If you really believe the Bible is what it says it is, that you can do what it says that you should do, and, and that you have a high view of it, then you believe that God meant what He said and said what He meant. Because if He didn't, it doesn't matter what the Scripture says. Everything that, that I preach from here is from the Bible. I'm not just making stuff up as we go along. Because honestly, if I was making up stuff, it would be a whole lot different around here. It really would. We'd have formations and uniforms and everybody get a pair of scissors cutting the grass every morning. There would be no grass in the cracks and it would get blown off every single day and you'd be washing the wood. But it's not how that works, man. That's how you can be. If you really knew what I would demand, you would really understand how much I only preach what the word of God says. (laughs) Someone would be like, amen, thank you. I'm insufferable even with what just what the Bible says. Galatians 5.13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty, but do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Can, can you go to heaven without serving? Yeah, probably. You know, Pastor John, I was talking to Pastor John Butcher last night from the building Christian Fellowship, our sister church down in Susun, and he said, tell him what I say. If you, ain't, if you don't serve, you ain't saved. And, I, and Pastor John goes, tell him if you don't serve in two months, you're not saved. <laughs> But that's what Pastor John says. If you if you don't if you if you if you don't serve, you ain't saved. And and I remember back when I was a, a, an intern at a church, and and I got to help someone move, and 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 I didn't get any recognition. There was no joy. There was also no boxes. I don't know if you ever helped anybody move that didn't have boxes. That's that's a special way of helping people move when you show up and they don't have any boxes. I remember as an intern, I thought that I was going to get to preach and I didn't. I got to help people move. Nobody noticed, nobody appreciated it. But I just learned that the ministry is doing what needs to be done. It's not always upfront ministry. John 13 uh, says that Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And if Jesus is not above serving, how can we not be above serving? Romans 12:11. not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Acts 20, 35, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus. And he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And here's the best part. Nobody's keeping score. If you're doing a ministry in the church, you say, well, nobody ever thanked me. 
like, well, you were doing it for the wrong person. I mean, we do some organizational stuff and, you know, we try to give you a, you know, every once in a while you might magically get an amazing $5 Bigfoot card in the mail, <laughs> right? Because we want you to know we appreciate you and love you, but that's just, dude, that's icing. It's not the cake. If you're waiting for a Bigfoot card to keep serving, you're serving it for the wrong reason. Some people just bring them back like, I don't like Bigfoot. Take this card back. We just recycle them. It's really good. <laughs> Because most of the service you do for the Lord, you won't get recognition for. No one knows. No one's impressed. No one treats you differently. You just do it as unto the Lord. And that's what we're supposed to do. You just do it. You don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. But Hebrews 6.10, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Jesus knows what you did. Jesus has saw it. Jesus is keeping a record. He knows like he's, he is a really good record keeper and he knows what you're doing. And so if you're serving as unto the Lord, you're always going to get taken care of by him. So can we just take God at his word? Yes. Can you ingest these scriptures? Yes. Many people, many people come to church here two services uh, a week. Why? And this is why I love the two service model. You serve at one, you, you attend one. And people, uh, people always say, well, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be able to do it. Dude, you just, you come early, you stay a little bit late, you get more fellowship, you get to meet more people. It's amazing. And all of it is important. Here, here's the last part of it. And then, and then we're going to have actually the ministry leaders are here today and you're going to be able to walk out this, this sermon today, right after service. A bunch of people did first service uh, and signed up to be able to help out in certain ministries. But really none of this matters if you're not a Christian, yeah. none of it. And, and serving, I would say this morning, just like what we talk about with our message, Jesus does not need your help. He needs your heart. Yeah. If you're here this morning, you don't believe in Jesus, you're not a Christian, I do not want you to sign up for anything. I don't want you to be like, well, you know, I'm going to earn my way into heaven. No, dude, it doesn't work that way. That's not how this thing works. If you're a Christian, if you've professed Jesus and you say, yeah, he's Lord of my life, but I've been slacking in my duty, then yeah, man, it's time to step up and sign up. That's, that's what it takes. But, but service is not the place in which uh, you earn your way into heaven. We don't believe that at all. Um, he cares about more about your soul than anything else. So uh, right now you can become a Christian and then you can sign up right after. Now, I also want to say this before we do the sign up. There's three types of people here this morning. There's someone here that's uh, not saved and they're going to they're gonna get saved this morning. Then you can start to serve. Uh, there's people that are, actually four people. There's people that are, here that aren't serving and you're a Christian, you need to start living out the Bible and sign up to serve. There's some people here that are serving, but you kind of like check the box. You're like, I'm going to do this really small, minuscule thing that doesn't require anything of me. And God's been telling me to do something more and I'm not doing it. So I want you to sign up for that today and help out. And then there's a few of us among us that are the most overworked, overcommitted, doing everything type of people. And you're hearing this sermon because of your heart and you're like, I'll do it, pastor. I'll sign up for everything right after today. And then they'll walk down and sign up for everything. Please don't sign up for anything today. Okay. We love you healthy. We, <laughs> we don't need you to come up after church and sign up for everything, do it for three months, get burned out and stop doing everything. We, you, those of you that are doing a lot, continue to do it in Jesus name. This isn't, and I, and I pray that this sermon didn't come around as some sort of guilt ridden thing to get, you know, blood out of a turnip. Like I'm not trying to do that. You overcommitted, know that you are just, you know, scale it back. Don't commit to more. If you're doing nothing, sign up for something. If you could be doing more, sign up for a little bit less, excuse me, for a little bit more. But if you're not a Christian, I'm going to leave you with this scripture. John 3:36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. 
that, that's an invitation for you to put your faith in Jesus and say, I want to live for Jesus. Uh, be forgiven of your sins, get everlasting life. If you reject that and you say, I don't, I don't believe in Jesus and I don't want to have everlasting life, the Bible says that God's wrath, his anger is going to rest upon you. And that's a choice that you can make today of whether or not you want to live for Jesus or live under the wrath of God. Um, and so if you don't believe today, I encourage you to believe in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? If you're here this morning, you're not a Christian, I want to invite you to become one. And it's really quite easy. You just make a decision. You say, man, I'm done living for myself. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to live for Jesus. And friend, he will transform you. He will convert you. He will set you free. If you've never made that decision before, you've never said, I want to be a Christian. I want to be forgiven. I want to live for him. And you'd like to do that for the first time, I want you to raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Is there anybody that needs to do that for the very first time? And held high. Thank you, Jesus. And maybe you've been living for Jesus. Maybe you were already saved and you say, you know what, Pastor? I, I was living for him and I'm one of those guys that kind of fell away and I've been gone for a couple of years, but I'm here this morning in church and I just want to rededicate my life to him. I want to give my heart to him. I want to live for him. You need to come back to Jesus. We want to pray for you as well. Is there anybody that wants to rededicate their life to Jesus today? We want to pray for you as well. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we pray today in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would keep us all in your grace and your mercy. Father, as this message has gone forth, Lord, we pray that you would reveal those places in our hearts that need to change. Lord, and we, and we commit this morning to serve you with our whole hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, the ministry leaders, can you guys... Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch.